Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Let's have all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. Although Bruce Humphreys has his roots in punk music, the punk-style rockabilly country music quickly became his genre of choice, eventually opening for such bands as the Brian Setzer Orchestra, Hassel Adams, and Hank Thompson, just to name a few. After deciding to pursue full-time music a little later in life, Bruce is excited to join us on this edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about his career and his latest album, Live It Up. Good morning, Bruce. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Greg. Good morning. Thanks for uh, jumping on with us here today. I look forward to um, getting to know you better and uh, know about all your your cool music you've been making. Where are we talking to you from presently? I am presently in the uh, suburbs of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. Is that home? Home base? Uh, It's home for now, yeah. We've been here for about 12 years. We've moved all, all over the U.S., so we're here now, for now, so <laughs> we'll see. Never know what happens. Yeah, with, uh, sure. With the job market, so. What uh, what what do you do outside of playing music? Um, I teach guitar lessons. Mm, cool. um, I, yeah, I used to teach college art. Oh. I walked away from that uh, yeah. a few a few years ago Okay. Um, to pursue uh, music. Yeah. So Very focus good. on one thing. Yeah, good. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Where, did you grow up in that area, in that region of the United States? No, I, I grew up in a small town south of Indianapolis called Columbus, Indiana. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and then I uh, went to you know school in Kentucky and Kansas and moved to Texas and Tennessee and Pennsylvania. So kind of all over. Did you go to school to be an educator? Uh really know what the heck I was going to school for <laughs> at the time. Um, I'm with but you yeah, my yeah, my intention uh changed to focusing on trying to teach full time. Uh-huh. Um and uh that's kind of a long story, but uh yeah, it uh teaching gigs are hard to come by. 
Mm -hmm. um, I, could, I could teach part-time, be an adjunct instructor, and I'm just like, how long am I going to do that? Do mm -hmm. I want to be 60 years old and still an adjunct instructor? Uh, mm. So, um, yeah, music was my uh, probably my true passion all along. But, oh, cool. uh, I never thought that I could uh, actually pursue it. Yeah. So I never never did. Um, but I was always playing music on the side, and it just made sense to be like, all right, I'm over 50. I, I better do this if I'm going to do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, wow. Who knows how long I can do it for. Right, sure. When did Was there a, an experience that you remember when, when that woke up for you in, inside that uh, that was uh, something that, that you were passionate about that, that got you excited You know, when you were younger? Do you remember a, 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 a season when that happened? Um. You know, I don't really know. I know that, you know, I was probably in the middle of a semester teaching and uh, not really connecting with the students like I used to. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, turning 50, I was probably reflecting back on my life. And, uh, you know, once I started kind of focusing on music, I needed to write up a bio. I was thinking about, you know, all the times that I was going to school or I was teaching but I was also playing in a band or trying mm. to make music somehow. And, mm -hmm. um, so it was kind of interesting just to kind of look back at my life and kind of explore what I was doing and why I chose certain paths. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it, it probably was just, you know, that, that middle age crisis kind of like, what the heck am I going to do? What should I have done? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, what a shoulda, coulda. I hear you. Yeah. So this was something that was uh, 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 something that got you excited, even as a young kid. Though you were you were uh, involved, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I I started playing uh, drums and was awful at that, um, and didn't want to be back in the back. I wanted to be up front, um, be seen up on the stage. Mm -hmm. So I uh, ditched the drums and started playing guitar, um, or at least trying to play guitar and had multiple bands since high school um some good some well most most not good <laughs> but um but yeah it seems like it's really kind of turned around uh in my older years that uh you know things started really picking up and um had a good response so so you've been pursuing this full-time as much as that that you can professionally this has been what, a 10-year journey for you most recently or, or not that long um not well the this band has been together i started it in uh, six years ago okay yeah okay. um and we're mostly original i mean when we play three four hour shows we have to throw in some of the classic uh sun mm -hmm. records uh mm -hmm. early rock and roll rockabilly stuff um, but most of it's original and that's, what's awesome about, you know, the response I'm getting up here is there's a lot of cover bands and cover bands are where all the money's at. And that's what tends to get booked through the booking, uh, agents that I I'm working with. Mm -hmm. Um, but the fact that they're taking a chance on my little rock and roll, original, uh, rock and roll rockabilly band is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, cool. So how, yeah. how did that become the style that you uh migrated to the rockabilly i i, I love that i i, I noticed that you've 
I got a little history with um, Brian Setzer and and his band, and I, we've had a chance to interview him and uh, okay. um, Slim Jim. We we had him actually on on the cover here uh, a year and a half or two years ago as as part of that that whole kind of seems to be a rock and rockabilly yeah. a little bit of a reunion resurgence kind of coming back. How how did that how did that whole scene um, become the thing that that you migrated to? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, that, that was one of the interesting things when I was uh, looking back at my childhood. Um, so when I was uh, really young, and this would have been like mid-70s, early mm-hmm. 70s, I was I was really into the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was really into, um, well, so I was into the Beatles, and I got into New Wave and punk rock. Um, and then around the mid-early 80s is when the... Uh, you know MTV and uh, yeah, you know all that kind of the, the resurgence, another resurgence of rockabilly with the Stray Cats. Um, and I saw them on TV, um, on MTV, and I I really liked them. Um, I got their album. It was like, yeah, I'm, you know, it's okay. And then I saw them live, and it was just a, a life changing experience mm. for me. Yeah. Um, and I think I'd been collecting like swing records from uh, the thrift stores, so I was kind of already liking that swing kind of thing. Um, but you know, the the Stray Cats really opened it up, and then I you know discovered other bands like the Polecats and the Rock Cats, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and just you know loved that music. And I was still playing punk rock stuff uh, in my bands. Um, but sometime in the early '90s, I decided to start a rockabilly band, and uh, it—that's what I've been playing since. But you know, my music, the stuff that I write, kind of—it's infused with rockabilly influences, punk influences, old school country. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it kind of runs the gamut. Um, you know, we're not a true, you know, three-piece rockabilly band. We have a lot of rockabilly influence, but uh, you know, we're definitely more kind of that rock and roll you you mentioned that predominantly originals is it as a songwriter do you set down to rock to write a rockabilly song or do you write a song and adapt it to the rockabilly beat and rhythm uh that's a good question um it's it's songwriting's weird for me it's because i i'm not sure how it happens Mm -hmm. i just sit down and it comes out Mm -hmm. um and it tends to have that rockabilly old school country influence to it no matter what i do Mm -hmm. um i don't necessarily sit down and be like all right this has to be rockabilly band i or rockabilly song or or what it just kind of happens and i try to just kind of go with it Mm mm-hmm um, quite a few years ago, I s- tried to stop analyzing what I was doing because, well, I called it analyzing because it, I became so anal about what I was <laughs> doing. And it, so I, I couldn't do anything. It's like, I can't, I got to write better lyrics. And then I couldn't write lyrics. And so it was just kind of like, just let put it down the paper and let it go. Uh-huh. Um, and I could do some adjusting, but if I analyze it too much, it tends to kind of, you know, stop me in my tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's just kind of the style I've for a long time. Um, 
I used to write some punk stuff and some uh, more alternative rock uh, stuff, but uh, I haven't done that in a long time. Um, Do you... Um, I, I was looking at your um, list of shows, and I noticed it looked like that you occasionally do some solo things. Mm-hmm. Um, does that feel come out different? I mean, I, as a Rockabilly fan, I, I realize that there's a, you know, it's a it's a pretty simple instrumentation to to what what you guys do. It's you know, guitar, sure. maybe two, bass and drums. You know, it's it's not a right. not a big full band sound. That's how you get that u- unique sound. Can you? Can you capture that as a soloist? Um, I can on some songs, but not on a lot of the songs mm-hmm. that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I do solos, uh, I try to play some more of my slower uh, original stuff that, mm, okay. that might be considered more country-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, slow songs isn't something I've ever felt really comfortable writing mm. um in fact i really hadn't uh written anything slow until probably within the past five five years mm. um just because it wasn't i just have always been kind of that you know full throttle punk kid yeah um that wants to rock but what happened is i started having all these songs that were kind of at the same tempo um uh, it's like i gotta mix it up and uh, I gotta get outside my comfort zone and write some more slower stuff. So, mm-hmm. so when I when I do uh, solo things, I mean, I'll still play Buddy Holly. Um, in fact, I probably play more covers cover songs when I'm doing solo than when we do the full band because mm-hmm. we just haven't had time to work them up in the full band. Mm-hmm. But I'll still do Buddy Holly and Charlie Rich and some Johnny Cash. Um, it just won't be as fancy as, you know, a full band. Mm-hmm. Just strip it down, simplify it even more. And, uh, I mean, Hank Williams Sr. is a good one to sure. do. Yeah. Um, you know. Do you, yeah. do you have a sense of um, the kind of demographic that, that migrates to what you guys do? Is there a, is there a true... Uh, yeah. Rockabilly alternative country fan base that's that's really following this. Um, yeah. Well, we played a an event last night that had a it's a biker um it's an event it's it's a bike night so a lot of people ride their Harley Davidson motorcycles out and hang out and drink beer mm-hmm. um and that's one of our main demographics mm. um beer milwaukee and beer go together you know i don't drink i don't drink beer but you know from what i understand they drink a lot of beer up here yeah um and uh so so you know we're playing a a harley davidson event again this saturday we played the harley davidson museum uh the dealer uh the dealer the dealerships and the um uh the corporate headquarters are up here in milwaukee for those that don't know um so the Harley uh, crowd is pretty uh, pretty big up here. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, you know, older generation. Um, sure. I've started playing some retirement homes lately with my solo thing. Um, and I just did one on Saturday and, you know, played some Elvis on the ukulele and some Hank Sr. And uh, so that, that's been a, a whole lot of fun to do. Um, 
and plus it's like a 12 to 1 in the afternoon gig so i can be home for my nap and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for my for yeah. my for my early dinner at three o'clock in the afternoon yeah but so. well there's a lot of people still in that age group that are very uh very active and contribute to the to the world you know absolutely yeah gen xers are the I, i'm i'm uh, in my late 50s and and i'm on the tail end of the gen xers and or yep. the baby boomers and so then you've got the the early early uh years of the gen xers all in the 40 to 65 range so it's a great demographic to to find oh, your yeah. mu- music oh, yeah. uh oh, being yeah. popular in yeah so and you guys have a new record out, right? Is this this is your third, fourth? This is actually our second. Second, okay. The, as the Rockabilly Rebels. So our first one came out in 2019, November of 2019. And then, of course, the, the pandemic hit and we had to shut down. But uh, perfect time to release an album. It was a few months before the pandemic. <laughs> you, and, you and probably every other band oh, out there. Yeah. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, everybody has their own unique experience of that, but I think everybody got caught in that in one way or another. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the second one, um, the CD is in our hands. Well, the vinyl just came in last week, um, and I've got three songs on Spotify and all the streaming things. Uh, mm. But the, the full album won't be on there for a while. We're just releasing singles right now. And it's called Live It Up, is that right? Live It Up. Yeah, yep. that's a good rockabilly uh, title. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, and and so do you have a supporting tour? Do you have kind of standing gigs? What does it look like for you to get this music out and share it with your with your fan base? Uh, we just uh, have been um, taking advantage of the festival season up here in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are uh, so many festivals Um fairs state fair county fairs um so many outdoor events where music is uh at and so uh we're in a really good spot to to play yeah multiple multiple times during a week and actually make decent money and yeah you know make uh make a small living at it um so right now we're just uh focusing on getting uh the exposure um out we just got a a review out of france and one out of england um and uh yeah we're just kind of seeing where it takes us i got to figure out what that next step that next level is because uh, i wouldn't mind having some kind of an uh manager or an agent that can help uh promote it promote us and get us you know I'd like to do a short tour. Uh-huh. Um, well, like to do a long tour, but uh, so yeah. so presently you're you're regional, in 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 where your base is as far as right. Getting out. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. And and yeah, so, so I think I'm hearing long term goal for this would be to, to to take the band national and 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 really give it the old uh, give it the old one two one time. Yeah, I wanna I wanna see how far I can make this thing go um so yeah we're trying to get out of the regional thing go national um you know i don't know how realistic that is Uh um but why not try it sure and say that i tried that's right um, (laughs) live it up and uh you know try to make it happen how far ahead are you are you putting the next 
stage together the next album uh, how how far out are you thinking new music and and you know what are you going to be doing uh, you know next spring and next summer kind of sure. thing yeah well we're already booking out for next year um so up here in milwaukee it gets really really cold in the winter mm-hmm. uh, so things things tend to kind of shut down um and that's when we tend to record and uh my goal is to record a solo album uh, using a variety of different musicians up here hmm. um, and doing some more of those slower, more countrified um, songs that I've been writing mm-hmm. um, and just kind of kind of exploring that while, you know, I don't, but the other side of me, I don't want to stop booking because of the cold mm-hmm. because we have a new album out. Um so I would like to be able to still be playing throughout the winter, whether it's corporate events or, you know, uh, just in a bar and a deep freeze, you know, people get out. And, yeah, sure. You know, from time to time. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's kind of what, you know, I'm, I'm already starting to think about the recording process. Yeah. Um, this one took a year and a half for me to, to mix and uh, get ready. Um, and a lot of that was because of uh, the learning curve mm-hmm. of learning the uh, the software. Um, but I found that I really enjoyed that process and just, you know, building sounds to create yeah, that's uh, cool. a song. Yeah. So it's um, Brian Humphreys and the Rockabilly Rebels. The Bruce. Bruce, Bruce Humphreys. Bruce Humphreys. Yeah. There. yeah. Sorry but about you that. can call me Brian. I mean, people have before. Well, Brian Setzer, Bruce yeah, Humphreys, yeah, you know, totally, it's kind totally, of one totally. of the same, right? You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I wish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bruce Humphreys and the Rockabilly Rebels, the album is Live It Up. And uh, how can folks find you? Uh, how do you like to communicate with your fan base? Where can they start listening to the singles and get in line for the record when it comes out? Sure. Uh, so we're, uh, we've got three singles out on streaming platforms, downloading platforms uh, now. So three songs from the album. Uh, we've got the next single coming out, uh, November, uh, sorry, September 15th. Um, and then a couple more at the end of the month. Um, so, you know, you can go to Spotify. You can follow me there. You can go to my website, BruceSumphries.com. Um, that gives you the info on, you know, how to purchase the CD through us or the vinyl through us. Um, you know, that goes through Bandcamp, so mm-hmm. that's another place. Uh, if you just Google Bruce Humphreys and the Rockabilly Rebels uh, or just Bruce Humphreys, you know, I can't, can't, you know, things will come up. I can't be responsible if there's anything bad that comes up about Bruce Humphreys. Bruce Humphreys and the Rockabilly Rebels, but yeah, you could you could Google us. I think we're all uh, yeah, good. You know, parental safe. Yeah, yeah, awesome, cool. Well, thank you. Um, this has been really cool, Bruce. Hearing about yeah. your story, and I, I I love rockabilly music. It's it's uh, I was a big fan of uh, uh, the Stray Cats when when they came out, and uh, really just kind of began to uh, dig deep into that genre of. And so I'm I'm so glad that it's um, that it's a um, uh, it's, it's still a, um, a category of music that people embrace, and uh, I sure wish you the best with it. Yeah, thank you. Well, thanks for having us on, you know, on here because uh, you know 
you doing what you're doing helps keep it alive too. So I appreciate, appreciate that. It. Yeah, no, gl- yeah. I'm glad to do it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom is dead. My mom is right there. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at IntoHistory.com.